will tickle my stick and call me Harry Potter. I'm David. And I'm Eddie. And this is from the spot. You know, we're back again. Eddie, are you just as excited as I am? Hell yeah. I love when we record. Honestly, it's like one of the highlights of my week. I got to admit it is one of mine too. you know, being able to talk shit, watch some soccer, you know, some footy. I don't want people to come at me, but uh, definitely a lot of fun and shit to share with you, Eddie. Uh, What's up with you? What's new? Um, work is work, but hey, uh, hey, David, so, um, you know how we just had like our pre production meeting and right. we set our lineup, right? You know what? I have a complaint, I don't like the order. Switch it up, switch it up, do it again, do it again. Do you want me to do the, the whole lineup again? Yeah, again, I'm I don't like the way we order things. Do it again. Make it random. Make sure, make sure it's fair, David. Make sure it's fair. I'm gonna do the computer. Fucked it up. Oh, is is a uh, is that what we're going with, David? I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. It's the most perfect lineup that I can see. Oh, you know what? It it just so happens that Liga MX and MLS final were grouped together. How is that fair? Uh, they're basically the same thing. They're in the same region. <laughs> they can't see each other in the knockout stages. Yeah, we're going to get so much hate on that one. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good, though. You're like, it's not the same thing. It's like, yes, it is. So if uh, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, <clears throat> was it yesterday, David? Mo- Monday, uh, the draw for the UEFA Champions League knockout stages uh, came through, and somehow Villarreal and Manchester United were drawn together, but that's a no-no because they already played each other in the group stage, and so. All of Europe complained, and the draw had to be redone. Am I right, David? Well, there was even still more to that. We ended up getting excluded from a draw that we shouldn't have been excluded from. There was another draw that shouldn't have happened. Like, it was all screwed up. And basically, at the very end, it looked like they tried to make it, um, you know, Messi versus Ronaldo with Manchester United versus PS3. Um, and if it is a computer error, I think it was more user error because the algorithm once again wants to throw Manchester United up with Villarreal, so they just forgot to update the settings. (laughs) Um, actually, David, um, uh, you know which which teams got drawn together again, even after they quote unquote corrected their mistakes. Uh, I believe Chelsea versus Leo. If I'm, is that the one? Wasn't there like I, one that did? I thought it was Benfica versus Ajax, but you could be right. No, I think you are right. You are right because that is the one that's gonna save football. Right. So, um, just really quick, David. Uh, like, does this remind you of anything? Honestly, like, it reminds me of, like, a bad town hall meeting 
where like someone brings up a point and then someone's like, you can't do that. And then like the whole room turns into a shit show. Like, man, like, I don't know. I just think that if they really screwed it up that bad, like, I think it is the right thing to kind of redo everything. Um, plus, it's not like the new draw really gave anybody favors. I feel like it's a it's it's a pretty good kind of um, balanced thing. And actually, uh, I don't want to stick too much with the controversy because really now that it's redone, it's really not much of a controversy. Although I do want to say there should be an independent investigation looked into it because it's too weird of a coincidence for it to be a coincidence so if you don't mind eddie uh how about we shoot down each each of these um matches and see what see what we can come up with see what we think is going to be exciting what might not be and what we could expect um well it's a good thing you brought it up david because i had just googled the the matchups um so that's exactly what i'm looking at so look the first one that sticks out to me, like, by brand name or whatever, I guess if you want to say, I, I feel dirty kind of saying that, you and VRL, like, if it were like a a name thing, um, Juve should win that, but VRL is a pretty decent team, and Juve is not what they used to be, so that one could be tasty. Ajax versus Benfica, like, I know some of you are expecting on me to hate on Benfica for getting through the group or whatever. But, um, I mean, if, if Ajax aren't careful, um, they could see themselves out early. But I have Ajax going through there. Um, Liverpool's an outstanding form, but you never know. In the knockout competition, I think, like, besides getting um, maybe Bayern, that's probably not the best draw for Liverpool. Because Inter could surprise. Um, honestly, David, all I could think of when I, when I look at Man United versus Atletico is Cholo grabbing his junk and then uh, Ronaldo grabbing his junk um, in the second leg. Um, you know what I'm talking about, right, David? Yes, when, um, you know, Cholo thought he knocked out Real and then... Uh, Cristiano had the, had the last laugh. Yeah, Um. and look, okay, look, real quick. For fairness sake, um, I know some Real Madrid people are very, very upset that they got redrawn with PSG, but looking at Real Madrid's form, dude, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about Vinicius in our, La, in our La Liga recap. Um, I honestly, David, I know this is dirty of me to say, and almost sac- sacrilege. I think I'm a Vinicius fanboy, straight up now from haters of fanboy. Hey, so, uh, I was the one who knew that this would happen, so I just want to take credit for this. <coughs> Smoke bastard. Okay, uh, <laughs> sorry about that, David. Um, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but uh, hey, David, on a scale of one to ten. How bad do you feel for sporting? For sporting? Mm, I mean, I'd feel bad for any team coming from any of the quote-unquote smaller countries going up against uh, one of the uh, 
I don't know. I feel weird calling Manchester City a big club because they're not really a big club in Europe. Um, they're just a high spending club. So it would, you know what would have felt more right? It was if uh, they played against Salzburg, like Salzburg versus City. Like, let's just see the, the teams that threw money at, you know, their respective teams go at it and see what happens. Right. But um, sporting, hey, you we're all going to be sporting fans that day. Uh, Benfica and Ajax, that, the only disappointing tie for me in that respect is that one of those teams will go out. Um, really? Right? Yeah. Um, and a little, I feel a little bit that way with Villarreal, except for the fact that Juventus, you know, they're, they're not in a great moment. I think that they're slightly lucky to still be in the Champions League based on their, um, you know, uh, league form. Uh, it's a knockout stage now. It matters. Villarreal knows what to do to win. I mean, they're under uh, our boy Unai Emery. Uh, so they, they might pull it, yeah, they might pull it off. Um, and I know I shit on Salzburg at the very beginning of this, but if they can knock Bayern out, um, even if they don't win the Champions League, but if they're able to, that's a major statement from just a Red Bull project in general. So I'm sure the younger players in that team are kind of licking their lips saying, hey, not only can we get a scalp here, but we might be able to get our move this summer with right. um, Rangnick being at Manchester United, Bayern looking to make some changes, Dortmund possibly looking for a Haaland replacement. So it's a it's going to be a good tie to watch, I believe, for in you know a few different aspects. Um, Chelsea versus Leo, you kind of skipped over that, Eddie, but I'm kind of glad you did because. Um, I'm the only reason I'm glad you did is I want to get your opinion on reunions. How do you feel about reunions? Do you think they should happen? They probably shouldn't uh, case by case basis. So look, um, we all know the world that we live in. It's a very, well, look, I can't tell people how to live, but you should still be very cautious, but it, it is the holiday season. A lot of us didn't get to see our family last holidays. So um, maybe this time of year we will be reuniting and in 2022 we'll see each other more. So as of right now, as of this recording, I like reunions. Why, David? Tell me why. Chelsea and Leo have, have some history between them, um, whether or not you know that. And by that, I mean... <laughs> Eden Hazard went from Leo to Chelsea. Uh, there's a rumor that Hazard might be eyeing at least a loan back to Chelsea uh, during the winter to kind of rejuvenate his career, which I wouldn't be against. I would like to see him rejuvenated. So that would be a bit of a double reunion. Um, would you like to see Eden Hazard make that move? I would like to see Eden Hazard get in shape. And I know I'm a fat bastard, so I shouldn't judge but at the same time, I'm not a professional footballer. Fair. You know what I mean? Um, look, Eden Hazard is just like the football version of uh, Zion Williamson. Do you know who Zion Williamson is, David? Yes, he's the one that broke his shoes. He's a, such a talented guy, David. 
But right now he's weighing 330. Jesus, man. And, um, okay, uh, look, broken foot, obviously you can't do too much. But at the very least, if you're a professional athlete, you should watch what you eat, right? And Dude, we all know Hazard is a world-class talent when he's in form. Like, probably like a top five attacker in the world when he's on, but he hasn't been that since maybe his second to last year at Chelsea? Or was it his last year at Chelsea? Well, like, I believe it was like his that weight you said was, I think it was like a second to last year, wasn't it? I think so. Something like that. But um, 3.30, dude, that sounds like the like something that they would announce at a, at a wrestling match to make it sound all dramatic. Right. Um, <laughs> before before we move here, because uh, I don't want to do on this for too long, because um, I know we have way more fun stuff to talk about here. Um, Eden Hazard, since this came up and... In case you guys haven't noticed, Eddie and I are definite wrestling fans, at least mm-hmm. older wrestling fans, you know, the WWF, all that fun stuff, ECW, WCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eden Hazard, he gained a way to try to challenge Triple H for the WWE title. What yeah. are we going to call Eden Hazard? What's his wrestling name? Um, I mean, I think you have to play off the last name and be, oh, um, I got it. So, um, for those of you who don't know, David's not very religious, but I'm pretty sure, um, David, you know what the Garden of Eden is, right? Right, I do. Eden Hazard would be the Hazard of Eden. You're welcome. Ah, dude. I just heard the glass shatter. (laughs) You popped, right? I popped. I popped. I I I'm on a stool, so I'm afraid to like move too fast because then I'll like probably bust my head open and you'll hear me die on this call. So uh, yeah, so no, I'm not trying to die on the middle of a podcast recording. But um yes, I did pop. And if you don't understand that, Google it. Uh, because we've already dropped enough knowledge on you and you guys need to do some research. Speaking of research, I had to do some research for what I know Eddie's dying to talk about. Eddie, let's talk about this MLS final. It was a a good show from some things that I've seen, some follow-up that I've done, some things that I've heard. The Portland Timbers fell to the New York City. Um, Oil money wins again. Um, Eddie, before you give us your take, do you mind if I gave a superficial take? Go ahead, go ahead. All right. So like I said, guys, y'all know I'm not a big MLS fan uh, outside looking in. So from the outside looking in, definitely wanted Portland to win. Hate the city group. Don't want Manchester City, any of their teams to win anything. Um, came out in penalties. They ended up winning um, with a goal early on through Valentin Castellanos. You know, that was a pretty, I'm not going to lie, solid, you know, touch and go we're gonna try to get this going before the end of the half which they got which was a pretty good sign on their end but for portland to score in the very last minute at home i um really was confident in them so hopefully they can do a little better next year and go all the way um especially losing in penalties that's always a harsh way to go um you know but 
big shout out to the homie Cody who uh, does all the shirts for the Ross groups and all that. Anybody that's a footy fan that's trying to get their shirts pressed out here in the United States probably knows who he is. Uh, Cody Deer through Yank Threads. And no, they don't pay us for any kind of sponsorship. So that's just my shameless plug. Shout out to him who ended up going to that game to watch his Portland Timbers lose. So I just had to give him a shout out. All right, Eddie, Um, give us some real knowledge. Okay, so to be fair, um, I only watched from the 65th minute onward. So uh, <laughs> definitely so cared I, more than I did. But uh, there was um, some drama, some very, very high drama. Um, look, um, first off, if you don't know much about the MLS, uh, you should know that Portland and Seattle probably have the best atmosphere in the United States. So um, shout out to Portland Timbers fans who um, had a really, really great atmosphere um, throughout most of the game. Um, It was raining, but in Portland, it rains a lot. So you would imagine that the Timbers are used to it. So, but NYCFC take the lead in the 41st minute. Um, pretty decent goal, but maybe the keeper should have done better. Uh, it was a super wet pitch. It was a it was a wop. It was a it was a wet ass pitch. Yes, I think we should start using that. Wop. What as pitch? Um, Moscow, two thousand eight. Wop. What as yes. pitch? Don't. Uh, anyway, so on a normal day, maybe uh, the keeper manages to keep that out, but we'll we'll excuse it um, due to it raining. And then from then forward, um, especially when I was watching. Uh, NYCFC played more like, well, if we have the ball, they can't score, but they really didn't do much with it. Um, so um, as the second half went on, you saw Portland try to take the initiative and try to score because um, obviously you have to equalize because you're the home team and it's the final. Uh, referee gave um, four minutes of extra time and it was like 93 and change so he's about to blow the whistle um, there's a ball that's put into the box um, and a lot of stuff happened but one of the players who brought it down for Portland in my book it was a foul because he totally elbows the defender in the side of the head. But if you've ever watched any sort of sports, you know that the ref kind of swallows a whistle at the very end of the game and just let players play. So I, I also get it. And Mora, um, who by all standards, even when I was watching my 25, 30 minutes of the game, um, he was pretty much absent, but it was just one of those right places at the right time. 
And like when he scored, uh, the whole building exploded. Um, in the um, extra time, not much happened except for like a really good save by NYCFC's keeper, Johnson. And then um, it really has to suck for Timbers fans. Like that's the end of the Timbers army where uh, they took the penalties and two of their guys ended up missing, but both of them put it in virtually the same spot. So, David, I want to get your opinion. Um, If you see a teammate, like, have his penalty saved because because of the spot that he chose, why would you like directly go back to that same spot um well at least i can't really speak for him and you know his his thinking but uh at least for me as somebody who has taken the penalty was kind of coached through penalties and um been giving tips for them to try to get through games and win games um I don't think it matters. Like I've never really thought about like, oh, you know, the person before me made it here or they, you know, missed here um, because it's always me against the keeper. Um, so I don't exactly blame him for going the same way because then he could have gone the opposite way and we could have been sitting here making the argument of, um, hey, um, why did he go the opposite way knowing that, you know, the he just blocked one way. He probably would go the opposite way to make up for going one way. Um, penalties is a different monster. It's a psychology that's so difficult. Um, the only guarantees that I've been told is top bins, which is one of the hardest things you can do, or yeah. hard and low in one of the bottom corners, so that it's super difficult for the keeper. So that's my that's my that's my dad's philosophy. Just keep it low and. And hit that bitch. <laughs> yep. I told if you can make it not come off the ground at all, even better. Yeah. And um, so uh, congratulations to NYCFC. Um, <clears throat> David kind of hated on you for being part of the city group, but I get it. I'll, uh, I'll give you love. Shout out to Brooklyn. Um, shout out to Johnson for two key saves in the penalty shootout. That's um, not easy at all, even though I just said, why would you go same side? But, David, I'm also going to jump into the Liga MX final, if you don't mind. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, Mexico had their final the very next day on Sunday. Um, And... The Mexico final split into two legs, um, each each team getting a, a home game. And it was uh, Las Pantas Verdes de Nuevo León versus um, Atlas, which is the other team from Guadalajara. Um, most people know Guadalajara for, you know, being Chivas country, which is true. Um, but also, um, there's Guadalajara, or um, Atlas, I'm sorry. And uh, so in the first leg, Atlas took a 2-0 lead away. Oh, away goals don't count, but aggregate score does. And 
she came Leon just plugging away, got three goals, first leg finished three two. Um, I started watching the final on Sunday in the second half as well. Or at the at the tail end of the first. So I caught the second half, I caught extra time and the penalties. Um so Atlas needed to score one to force extra time. And they came out in the first half just shooting, just like we're gonna we're gonna shoot here and one of these is gonna go in. And eventually one did in the fifty-fourth minute, so you have a one nil Atlas lead. Um everything holds um into extra time. Uh I kinda think the ref was a little bit overzealous because he handed out a red card to someone on the bench for um Leon and then um uh a couple minutes later he uh he gave a second yellow to Giclotti who's a former Boca Juniors player so shout out to him but he got sent off as well so Leon were left with 10 and then they went to penalties, and for those of you who don't know, um, Atlas hadn't won the Mexican League since 1951, so it was 70 years uh, since their last title, so people lived and died and were Atlas fans and never saw their team win a championship, which had to suck, but the curse is finally over. Um, David, I do have a question for you, and I'm hoping some of our like our foreign listeners will chime in on social media as well. So please uh, let us know. So one thing that caught my attention as I was watching the game is just how many players from Chile and Argentina um, play for both teams. Um, and if you guys are aware of a map, Chile and Argentina are like geographically on the other side of Latin America compared to Mexico. Mexico is right below the United States on the map. And Argentina and Chile are closer to the South Pole. So, David, my question to you is, um, you love football slash soccer. That's why we do this podcast. I love it the same. Um, how far would you be willing to travel to play professionally, David? Ooh, I would go as long as they paid a winning wage, uh, Eddie. I would go anywhere. So um, I remember a player for El Salvador. Um, I want to say in the early 2010s. Um, he got a contract in Europe, and I was like, cool, where? And they were like, Cyprus, and I was like, dude, no one watches the league in Cyprus. Now, I'm not saying I wouldn't go, but David, would you go from California to Cyprus just mm-hmm. so you could say you played in Europe, or would you be like, no, it's too far? It depends, man. If I was playing for like an MLS club, probably not. If I was playing like in the local league here, then yeah, I'd do it. Okay, and this is where um, I kind of want our international listeners um, to 
uh, chime in. So people from this side of the world and from Africa, um, you know, if you're talented enough, you go to Europe, you go to England, you go to France, Germany, Spain, wherever. Uh, now, David, picture this. You're English for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, you play for, um, and I'm not I'm not trying to hate on anybody, but let's just say you play for Yeovletown or Barnsley, which are, uh, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, I believe they're League One side. Meaning, like lower in the pyramid. Yeah, that's like third division in England, right? Mm-hmm. But let's just say um, Monterrey, um, who's a pretty decent side in Mexico, notices you and offers you a, a living wage. And, you know, Monterrey are a, a, a pretty big team. So you'll be famous in Mexico and you'll also be famous in the States because a lot of Latinos here um, watch Liga MX. So would you leave Yobo Town or whatever and come like play first division football on this side of the world? I mean, any any Mexican first division team, I would have done it. They have cheaper beer in Mexico, but uh, but, no, but def- like, definitely in all seriousness, I I would I would take the plunge. Okay, and like let's just say like you're like 22, right? So like let's just say you kill it on Monterrey, and then like you get offered a contract by um. Arsenal two years later, like, would that make it worth it? Or, like, do you think that's too far? Or would you be like, no, I have to get Oval Town to the championship or possibly to the Premier League? I think it all, it's, all, um, it's all based on what your situation is, right? Like, if you're at Oval Town and you're scoring a ton of goals and you're playing every week and you're looking like you're going to get promoted that year, you might not exactly be looking for a change because you're like, hey, next year we'll be in the champions championship, um, more money coming in. I might be able to get a raise by banging the goals. You know, a call from the Premier League might call or a bigger championship team. Um, but if maybe you're not exactly, you know, starting every single game or, you know, your form's iffy and they come calling to good start, better football, uh, you know, maybe better pay. And like you said, it'll give you the the platform. Um, but I, I do want to kind of say as much shit that I give to the Liga IMAX and I don't give them, um, the quality is really starting to be there. The quality has increased recently, I believe. Um, at least that's just in my opinion, trying not to be biased. Yeah. Um, th- there's a reason why they can attract, you know, um, former French international players. And the only reason they're not current international players is just because of the deaths in the squad, because yeah. really they there's quality going there. Um, players in Argentina and Chile aren't staying in their local leagues because they're just not as competitive anymore. Um, the Mexican and, league is competitive, so that's why they're going there. Mexico pays a whole hell of a lot. Like, right. As, as far as Latin America goes, I think it's them, Argentina, and then Brazil. Mm-hmm. Like pay the most. 
Um, that that's um a good um state uh, of the league though because they can sell their rights you know at a very high price uh because their quality starting to come in uh because they didn't have a, that much of money before like they had some but not like this and um before i um kind of bring kind of try to bring the reins in here a little bit on uh, the western hemisphere just a major shout out to uh, the brother in law Jordi from Mexicali. He's an Atlas fan. He has been for life. Um, dude, he's like obsessed. Um, like even like they got like their little hot dog thing going, all Atlas. So um, shout out to him. You finally get, get a championship and we'll probably have some beers to this, probably this weekend, um, if not sooner. But um Anyway, Eddie, any final thoughts on Liga MX or MLS before we move on? Yes. So, as someone who watched the game, um, there was a shot of the crowd, and there was two people who were dressed like they just got married. And, like, of course, the husband's all, all like, proud and everything because Atlas just won. And then, like, the wife, she's there, like, she's in a wedding dress, David, like, full wedding dress. So I don't know if it was, like, a request of him, like, hey, like, let's get dressed, like, it's our wedding day, because Atlas finally winning is going to be, like, the next best thing that happened in my life since I married you, or if, like, they got married and he's like, I have tickets to the game. We're going, and her face was like, I'm supposed to quit because it's my husband, but it was also saying, like, what the hell did I just sign up for? So what are the odds, David? Do you think it was their wedding day, or do you think it was a request? I bet it was their wedding day, but probably one of their, like, one of his boys got the tickets, and that was like the only way he'd be able to get away with it. And he got his dream to come true. So, you know what? Shout out to him. He gets the biggest shout out of tonight. Um, you know what? I'll take the spot kick. Um, he gets MVP of the week. Ooh, you know what? Because either way, he got to see his team win in person. Yeah, that, that has to go in. That's the MVP of the week. All right. I was I was honestly afraid that I might just blow it um, right at this point here. But hey, give us your thoughts, guys, um, especially international listeners. What are your current thoughts on Liga MX? What's your current thoughts on MLS? What do you think the Western Hemisphere should do to increase the quality or at least get more viewers in? You know, yeah, we want to no. know. And, and not just that, like, I know a lot of guys come over here, like, at the end of their career, like Frank. Like, Pirlo, like, I want someone who's, like, 23 and wants a real shot to come over and, you know, put, like, England or Scotland or wherever, like, you should check out this league. It's pretty good, you know? Uh, definitely. And it'll, it'll open doors, at least I believe so, at the bare minimum. But um, speaking about opening doors, uh, earlier today... I was banging my head against the wall, just kind of um, going through a few motions and realized, wait a second, 
I just thought of a way to break Eddie's brain. And I Where thought of a little game, Eddie. Um, are you ready for this, Eddie? Um, uh, uh, you know what that reminded me of when you said, are you ready? What did it? Oh, did it remind you of doof doof? Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, the, the old <laughs> DX so let me do a quick crotch uh, chop and hit me with the question, David. All right. Well, before I even ask uh, or even get into this, this whole game here, guys, I am finding like an interesting little like fact or quirk or historic stat. Um, just something that stuck out from this, either like a game week from, you know, uh, a news article that happened from that week that is footy related, anything from that. And I will give that one fact to Eddie and I will have him try to figure it out. Uh, I gave him an example earlier. It's like a little game of who am I kind of use the example of, um, I can't get into my birth country's national team because of death. So I played for my mom's birth national team. Uh, who am I? And I'm sure many at home, the same as Eddie, quickly guessed Maddie Cash. So that's basically the gist of the game. Y'all can play at home. If you can think of one that's pretty tough that will make Eddie cry, send it in. Um, try to okay. send it into our Instagram. Uh, Eddie doesn't check it as often. Or you can just email it in, which I have a feeling Eddie doesn't really check our emails. So if you want to um, do that, make sure you listen at the end where we plug our media or social media. But Eddie, are you ready to figure this one out? Go ahead. All right. I am one goal away from matching Cristiano Ronaldo's record for goals scored in a calendar year. Who am I? Ooh. And this is current? Yes, sir. Holy shit. All right. I'm going to get a stopwatch. I'm going to get, what, 15 seconds. Who? Is it Benji? Ooh. And that is incorrect. Yo, Benji's going to bang So, man, we are all for one in the game. Um, it's Robert Lewandowski. Robert Lewandowski oh. is one oh. goal away. From oh matching Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, record for the calendar year scored or goals in the calendar year. Yeah. Um, which is pretty uh, impressive. Uh, kind of a more of a interesting fact that he hasn't won the Ballon d'Or this year. He's on 53 goals. I believe Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, record has been standing for seven years now uh, since 2013. For sure. But yeah, he's he's uh up there. He's definitely the best striker without a doubt of 2021. But hey, here we are. But like I said, if you have a harder question, send it in. That's fun. We're 0 for 1 to start. I feel really good about myself because I knew that was a hard one. So we'll see what the next one brings. But um speaking of a hard one, Eddie. Uh, it's always hard to discuss this. It's the Premier League because Manchester United still aren't doing great. Had their game postponed due to COVID, so not much fun for me personally, but a lot of Premier League fun. Um, before we start with the games that occurred today 
and preview the games for um, the midweek, which we already said we hate. Um, I want to talk about Arsenal's situation with Aubameyang. Um, do you need me to wrap this up? Do you want to wrap this up, Eddie, on um, kind of what's going on there? So, um, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a, I'm a big Alba supporter because he seems to be a, a chill guy. Um, he seems to, you know, fucks with the fans. Um, so, I always love players that aren't afraid to interact with uh, club supporters. So, big up to him and... Never forget that he split the golden boot with Harry Kane that one season, that he had 20, 20 goals. So, but look, it it's not a good time to be him right now. Um, for those of you who don't know, he apparently asked for some time off, and he got it. And then he asked to come back a day later, and that request was granted. And he came back late. Um, now, David, correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't know the the exact situation as to why he came back late. Correct? Right. Like I, at least that I'm aware of, um, or I'm aware of, is that he has been officially dropped for uh, the game against West Ham, you know, which is going mm-hmm. to happen on Wednesday. Um, they have stripped him of the captaincy, so he will no longer be the captain of Arsenal. Like that is for sure. It is official. That is from um, Mikel Arteta, and he also refused to rule out a departure for the striker. Which honestly, I mean, can you really blame him? Even without this, I mean, not really. Um, I mean, there's already a lot of talk of his irresponsibility. Like, they caught him getting um, a tattoo last month, even though strict COVID-19, pro- COVID-19 protocol measures kind of said he shouldn't have partaken in that. Now, if you want to take and want to partake in some uh, risky behavior, it's kind of up to you. But he's also traveling around the world as a footballer, putting a lot of people at risk. So... Arsenal did come down on that. Sounds like they're really coming down hard. If you were Mikel Arteta, you already said you have a soft spot there, Eddie. What are you doing with with him? And, and look, I, I I really understand why uh, Mikel Arteta had to come down this hard because this isn't the first time. The last time he came back late after an excused absence, um. He came back late before a game versus Tottenham, and you to do it once is bad enough. And he did get, you know, he did get dropped um, for a little bit after that incident. But to do it again, now again, we don't know the like the entire circumstance as to why he was late. But the fact that it happened again, um, I understand. Why you drop him? I think um, Arteta's only stripping him of the captain of the captain's armband because he has to set an example for guys like Saka, for Tierney, for Gabriel, for Ben White, guys who you know are still young, and so you have to still behave professionally. And if your captain's not behaving like, quote-unquote, 
professional, then he can't be your captain. Um, so I get it. Um, who who would I make captain? Um, honestly, I would give it to um, Smith Rowe already. He just. Yeah. All right, hold on. Before you before you go through that, um, because honestly, I honestly didn't expect that from you. So before I let you elaborate, if you don't mind, I kind of want to go through the list of their captains since 2007. Um, that way we can really take a look because we we talked about this and we were like, hey, who do you think was the last like actual good captain? I said Patrick Diara, which was not really fair to Titi Hendry, which Again, like he was only there two years, then left, but he really led that team a lot. Um, but you you said Titi Henry anyway, which was still a fair shout. But do you mind if I run through this list here real quick? Yeah. All right. So since 2007, it was um Chess or not, I'm sorry, it was William Gallas who ended up leaving to join rival Spurs. Um, mm-hmm. and he also had that infamous fit where he wouldn't live leave the pitch. Um, yeah, just fabric. Like sat down, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, that fit. And uh, Francesca Fabregas, uh, the Barcelona golden child, who he was kind of given the captaincy at a young age, uh, a la Smith Rowe, to help him convince to stay for a project, but ended up um, leaving for Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up was Robin Van Persie. A lot of the same thing. He was a senior striker. Um, was supposed to lead that Arsenal side of great things, joined Manchester United and won us our 20th title in this first season with us. Um, Vermeulen, uh another major shout of Ars- from Arsenal to Barcelona, actually. But he was just out injured all the time. No real impact as a captain. Um, also injured like all the time at Barcelona. Yeah, so there was nothing new there. Um, Mikel Arteta was captain for Arsenal after that, who was also injured all the time for Arsenal, you know, so no real major, real major captain contribution from him. Um, the next up is our boy Merta Saker, who is known to be nothing but a sack of bricks who can't really run. And oh, dude, dude, I mean, you're <laughs> right, but. Dude, <laughs> he is injured all the time, so it didn't matter. It wasn't non-factor. And Koshesny, who had potential to be a good Arsenal captain, um, if you can or can't recall, went on strike because he wanted to leave Arsenal to go to France. Uh, <laughs> after him, Granit Chaka, who got uh, stripped from the captaincy, by Unai Emery for telling Arsenal fans to fuck off. And most recently was Obama Yang, your boy, for not even showing up. So you answered a, a question that I was getting ready to present to you. And I was going to ask if age is a matter. Obviously not. Emil Smith Rowe, you see the captaincy on him. Go ahead and tell me why. Yeah, it, it- Look, the the kid, like, he plays older than he is. He's confident. He's special. Anyone who, who watches him play can tell that. Um, um, 
I just feel even though like say like I'm 30, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I was on Arsenal, like I would see how he plays, how he behaves, and I'd be like, wow. If a kid that young could play that well, um, I have to give just as much effort, just as much passion, even though I'm an older senior player, quote unquote. So I feel that age isn't a factor in this case. Like, I just look at Smith Rowe and feel like he could lead a team, you know? And I, okay, I really like that answer, Eddie. Um, I think it's a great answer, solid answer. I just didn't expect it from you. Um, and I do like that Smith Rowe answer because he doesn't, he's not afraid to take responsibility and put pressure on himself. Um, he did take that number 10 at Arsenal, which is a major number. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, some people will kind of scoff at that and be like, oh, you know, the number doesn't mean anything. Players make the numbers. I don't disagree with you. But look at what happened with the number seven at Manchester United. There hasn't been like a real like impact player with the number seven, regardless of the name. And we're talking Di Maria, we're talking Cavani, we're talking, you know, great players that have come in Memphis that were able to match Cristiano Ronaldo up until Cristiano Ronaldo came back. So weight is there. Um, Arsenal don't even have an 11, 12, 13, with 11 being like really a more traditional uh, heavyweighted number. So there's other young players that don't want to take responsibility um, besides Smith Rowe, even Saka taking on the number seven. But I think you hit the nail on the head with that one, Eddie. Um, And we can only hope Mikel Arteta listens to the pod because who knows if he'll make that decision. But yeah, uh, and, um, it, it's not like you could give it to Shaka again because I mean, like, no one would take you seriously, you know? Yeah, I, I know, man. And that's honestly, that would have been my ideal pick because I do think he's a good captain. He should have never been stripped in the first place, in my opinion. But that's um, a time, that's a story for another time. Let's talk Premier League. City destroyed Leeds 7 0. I'm going to hit, hit you hard. Uh, should Bielsa get the sack? Well, look, um, David, I I want you to talk about this. We're, we're both big, big, big Bielsa boys, tri- triple Bs, triple Bs. Um, but <laughs> um, at, the, at the end of the day, results matter. Um, and yes, City are top of the league. So... It's not too crazy to see them win 3-0, 4-0. But if we killed Arsenal, I think it was like week two of the season when they got spanked 5-0 away to the city. Uh, to lose 7-0, you just you have to think as much as we like the guy, he's not getting the results. It's not the same as it was last year. And granted, yeah, the league figures you out. But if you're this great, amazing tactician, you should be able to adapt to being adapted to, right, David? Yeah, definitely. And I think as long as, personally, I think as long as Bielsa is invested, don't sack him because he is more than willing to walk away if he's not invested. 
Um, then again, that's just me. Give them a few more game weeks. But um, really, it's really easy to want to praise Manchester City here and go all in and give them love and maybe worry for leads. But as hard as honestly, it's really hard for me. Uh, and it's it's hurting my chest to say it. I think the praise should really go to Steven Gerrard. He led Aston Villa to a 2-0 win over Norwich today as well. Um, <laughs> you bastard. Dude, it's rough. Um, Ollie, uh, the youngster Jacob Ramsey scores a goal. Ollie Watkins with a late, you know, second to really bring it home. Dude, they're on 22 points. Um, not that far off from top six. What what are, what are you thinking so far of Stevie G and his Villa team? Look, um, Stevie G was the type of player that um, he was the type of captain, since we're talking about captains, that led from the front, even though he played in the field. Like, he gave you that effort. He gave you that desire to, like, to make you believe that you had a chance to win. Um, and that's exactly what I see in this Villa side. Like, we knew under Dean Smith that they were a good team. They just weren't performing well. And that's why Dean Smith got sacked. And here comes Stevie G, a Premier League legend. Um, a guy, a lot of these guys probably looked up to. And Villa looks good. This is what Villa should have looked like, maybe from the off. You know, losing to, to better teams, such as they lost to Liverpool last week, and I think City in CVG's um, second or third game. But other than that, they compete against the teams they need to compete with. Guys like Ollie Watkins, guys like Tomati Cash, uh, Tyron Mings, uh, Dibu Martinez, they're all showing that they're quality players. So uh, Villa's boys better back Stevie G. And uh, David, I'm going to take a spot cake. Okay. Um, if the Villa board back Stevie G, Within the next three seasons, Villa will pull a Leicester and win the Premier League. Mm. Within how many years, you said? Within three. So I'm talking 2025. <laughs> mm, you hit the post. Oh. I touched it. I touched it with my fingertips, and you hit the post. And uh, let me tell you why, though. Okay. Um, sports washing. So, um, I'm gonna go into my conspiracy theories. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so, the oil money coming into Manchester City now it's coming into Newcastle. Um, you can start it. You can see how it's starting to affect the bigger teams in terms of. Um, the bigger investments, how Leicester won, um, Villa's upcoming, um, even West, West Ham's resurgence. Um, Man United got to the point where they were finally ready to give up. The Glazers were finally ready to give up control and get a director of football or at least a consultant to football. Um, they're all trying to figure it out. If you take a look, the teams that have figured it out, 
our city again who just pumps the millions in um to him and guardiola and liverpool who have the best uh coach right now arguably um who are undefeated in the last five um and they're really challenging each other for the title at this point um mm -hmm. close behind them obviously is chelsea's tuco which is another like it's a russian billionaire backing them so it's a money game if you would have said top four it would have gone in but no, the fact no. you said like champion i it's just really hard for me go big or go home when you make predictions but you know what Shout out to you, David, for having the balls to tell me no. I think history was just made on the podcast where I think I'm the first one to miss the spot kick. I think so. I think you may be right. It, it may be the first one. And uh, like I said, it's no, no, nothing personal. It's just more of uh, too much competition right now. Maybe six years. I can definitely see that. Even maybe still under Stevie G. Um, uh, like I said, it hurts for me to say it. I hate, I hate to admit this kind of stuff because then it gets brought up later on. But Stevie G is looking like the real deal. Yep, definitely. And so, speaking of the real deal here, Eddie, um, let's let's get let's wrap up England. Um, I feel like England's a little overplayed right now because just so many games just being rushed. Um, so many players out injured, COVID, uh, with the game already postponed due to COVID. Um, what game would you watch that's remaining in match day 17? Ooh, um, David, could you run me some options, bud? Absolutely, because there are actually there's some big ones here. I'll even give you some, you know, feed into it. Brighton are playing Wolves. Two struggling teams right at each other's level, trying to get some points. And not only just two at their level, two exciting teams, you know, very quick attacking, uh, counter-attacking teams. Uh, Crystal Palace looking to continue the great form against Southampton. We're just trying to piece together some kind of form. Then you got, um, you know, Burnley Watford. Uh, for me, I feel like that's just going to be like a recycled game. Uh, two struggling teams trying to get some points, get out of that relegation area. Um, my, my opinion, the first kind of mouthwatering game, Arsenal versus West Ham, trying to get into the top half of the league. They're post, both playing great football. Uh, Mikel Arteta is trying to put that discipline in. We already know Obama Yang's out, and the infamous ferryman, David Moyes, will be taking West Ham away to the Gunners. Um Leicester will be placing will be playing Tottenham. Um, they're not that far off in each other from the standings, I believe, with Leicester on 22 points on eighth. Um, Tottenham are seventh with 25, so they're close by. Brendan Rodgers needs to get it together. He's been struggling, so have Leicester. Uh, Conte has been getting the best out of Spurs. Uh, Tuchel takes Chelsea over to Everton, which oh, will be God. another good game. Yeah, and the last one on the lineup, which will be a very one-sided affair, in my opinion, will be Liverpool taking on Newcastle. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so obviously, like, if if you want to see goals, because there's going to be two massacres, um, watch the Liverpool and the Chelsea game, because they're just going to smash. 
Um, but it, it look, we all know Brighton could play football really well on the day, and we know Wolves need the points. So I feel like that's going to be a good game. But obviously, tune in uh, to the West Ham versus Arsenal game. London Derby, uh, West Ham want to get back into the top four or just remind you that they're they're fighting for a Champions League and it's very interesting who is Arteta going to name? Um, how is Obama Yang going to find his way to Newcastle on loan? Because that's where I think he's going to go for sure. But yeah, Brighton, Wolves, and Arsenal West Ham are the games to watch. Right. And I can't even argue with any of that. So I am excited aboard this plane with you here, Eddie, and hopefully make it all the way through to Spain because La Liga is, you know, entering game match day 18th, uh, starting to get pretty exciting because things are really shaped up now. Um, We've kind of already said this. It's Madrid's league to lose. Um, <laughs> Which they probably won't. Yeah, at this point, they probably won't. If we're going to be honest with one another. But um, before we get into that and a couple games coming up this weekend, um, I just want to throw this out there just to, even if you don't really have a full answer for me, let this rattle your brain a little bit, Eddie. Karim okay. Benzema, our... Everybody, if not just ours, favorite French forward. Um, obviously, he's aging like fine wine. He got brought back, you know, to the French squad and had a positive impact. Um, still winning things, having a great time. Um, he's 33. He's turning uh, 34 next week. Uh, well, on the on the 19th. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not saying that to you know, bring them down or anything. It's actually to bring home the point that he's leading La Liga in both goals and assists, right? Uh, which is super impressive. Um, if Real Madrid continue their current form, they're going to win the league, right? Yeah. Um, if, let's say, you know, uh, they win the league, and somehow they win the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, do you think Karim Benzema will win the Ballon d'Or? I mean, if everything is fair, yeah, I, I could see him being top three or even winning it. Um, although I have a feeling since we've all kind of complained a bit, uh, next year, French football will find a way to get, get into Lewandowski, but we'll see. Look, he, like like I stated earlier in the pod, he scored a fucking banger this weekend. And, you know, just to show you how good he is, like he scored one off of volley, and it was a banger. And I think... What's helping him, David, is the fact that uh, a player like uh, Vinicius is in such good form to where um, a lot of teams are like, don't let that guy run around everywhere and get the ball. Not that you shouldn't. 
stop paying attention to Benzema because if you do, he'll make you pay. But uh, because defenses have two guys to worry about now, and they may be attracted to the younger guy like uh, Moth to a Flame, uh, he may get even more goals because everyone's scared of Vinicius right now. Okay, fair enough. And uh, yeah, you're right, Vinicius, a beast, uh, making Real Madrid really fun to watch. Um, but match day 18 for La Liga. Yeah, Barcelona are playing Elche. Are you going to be tuning in for that? I at this point, David, I enjoy torturing myself. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. And uh, any other games that you that stick out to you, or maybe uh, a storyline we should follow from La Liga? Let me let me take a quick look at the match day real quick. Oh, it's because I'm looking at that Sevilla Atletico game myself here. You know, number two versus number four. Cholo wanting to climb that table. I mean, he can't exactly catch up to Sevilla with the win, but it'll be a start. Yeah, he'll get at least. And look, like I said, I personally think Atletico should be all in on um, the Champions League. But you're the defending champion, so you have to give this sort of facade that you are um, trying to defend your title. Um, Oh, also, David, right now that we are on La Liga, um, before I give you my game to watch, can I give you a smartest player of the week? Absolutely. Okay, so do you remember Yago Aspas? Yes, I hate him, but yes. Okay, so he is now over at, I want to get the right team. Um, Hold on one second. Celta, he's at Celta Vigo. And this past weekend, uh, he was on four reds, meaning if he got one more, or... Four yellows. I'm sorry. Four yellows. Meaning if he got one more, he was going to be suspended for the next game, you know, for too many yellows. And so he happened to score. And as he was scoring, he injured himself. But since he's so smart, David, do you know what he did? What did he do, Eddie? Even though he was limping you know, because he was hurt, he had the presence of mind to know I'm injured, so I'm probably probably going to miss the next game anyway. So he took his shirt off to get that, to get that yellow. So he's going to be out anyway, so he wouldn't have been able to play, but now he's going to serve that suspension. So that, to me, makes him the smartest player of the week. What do you think? Um, I normally don't vote for former city fans, but you know what? That is genius. And the footy fan in me says, fair play, you, you win. But my hater in me says, I hope La Liga goes and retroactively gives them a ban for unsportsmanlike behavior. But again, that's just a hater in me. (laughs) Um, 
And, okay, besides, obviously, Bansal for the Lowe's and Real Madrid for your entertainment, Athletic Club versus Real Betis on Sunday uh, could be a entertaining game. Betis are in third. And even though Athletic Club are in 11th, um, on the day, they can be pretty entertaining. Hey, I'll give you that because they can be, especially with that style of play. Mm-hmm. And um, before we we really get to wrapping some things up here, just like some Christmas gifts coming up, um, I kind of wanted to save this for last on purpose, at least on t- on terms of what we have on paper. Um, Boca Juniors played a match against Barcelona in memory of Diego Maradona today. Um which is beautiful, in my opinion. Um, the only thing that could have made it better is if they would have played Napoli, but that's just me being like a really stingy kind of fan, just because I know he's literally held as a god in Napoli. Um, but still, a great thing that they came together to do. Stars were still out, so it's not like Barcelona took their under 19s you know over to to our uh, play boca yeah. you know we um, still saw some linglet in there puig des Coutinho. uh why don't you take the lead on this study okay so first off um and david i said this to you earlier today so i've been fortunate enough to watch boca juniors be real madrid uh they had Zidane, they had Macalele, they had Bowie, is what I'm trying to say. I've seen um, Boca be AC Milan, that AC Milan, Insagi, Maldini, uh, Dida, those guys. So usually I'm super hyped when Boca beat a European power, but I texted you today, David. I was like, all this proves is that Boca's not doo-doo. Um, and look, it, it's weird for me because I love Barca, but the reason I love football is Boca Juniors. The reason I ever even watched a football match is because my dad was watching um, TV and he just happened to be watching Boca, and the, the fans were out, um, you know, being Dulce, doing what they do, being Boca fans. And it just so happened to be a good time period for the club. So I was fortunate enough to watch Boca win Copa Libertadores, Copa um, Intercontinental, which is now the Club World Cup. So. I want to be really happy for Boca for winning on pins, but uh, it's a it's not a great Barcelona side. Now, had they beat like twenty fourteen Barca, I'd be like fucking lit. But it's just I don't that. I don't blame you, but um, at least for me as a neutral, knowing this happened, it did warm my heart. Uh, seeing Marcos Rojo. Uh, get a full 90 minutes without a yellow or a red card is always a bonus in my book Um, Mm. just because he will always always be one of my Manchester United heroes 
um, just for the lows and because he's Latin American, of course, uh, you know, as Latinos stick together. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, Maradona and Casey weren't able to tell based on her socials, maybe past comments we've made, we're definitely huge fans, yeah. legend of the game, um, you know, not just internationally, but, you know, they're locally for Boca Juniors locally when he was in Italy for Napoli and he, I'm sure he touched a lot of lives in Barcelona uh, with the Catalans over there. He's just um, definitely a player of the people and he will forever live on. Forever. Um, but David, um, truth be told, uh, we're both getting old at this time. This episode should fold. And in 2022, we will continue to mold this podcast into bigger and better episodes. I stopped rhyming. I'm sorry. Hey, you know what? We will accept that because it's way better than what I do at the end of each pod, which is our shameless plugs. You know, as mentioned earlier... <laughs> it's like earlier, uh mentioned earlier. If you want to get a hold of us, if you want to email, it's pod from the spot at gmail.com. Tends to be the oh. easiest way. If you want to like our face on page or other like our page on Facebook. Sorry about that. Yeah. Got tongue tied. Uh just look us up. We're from the spot. You know, have our same emblem that we have on our podcast up there. Same banner from Twitter. Don't think that I forgot about Twitter. We still got to plug the little bird that is at pod from the spot as well. Go ahead and follow us on there. We do a bunch of live tweets, polls, you know, we shoot the shit. Uh, We're a lot of fun. And uh, Instagram where I, I primarily post, if you're trying to keep these clues away from Eddie to make sure he's not prepared on the pod, uh, you can follow us at podcast from the spot. Um, I usually link all these on the description. So if it's way easier for you, go through the description, add us, follow us. We would appreciate it. Helps with the algorithm. Uh, what helps the most, though, is just leave a five star review. Leave yep. a review saying, hey, these guys rock. They're funny. They don't know what they're talking about. Um, you know, call us whatever you want. The, the no. dirtiest players in the game. Call us the dirtiest players in the game. And we'll will like Ric Flair in the next episode. You um, can leave us your Starbucks order. Would you like to order at Starbucks? And it would help as long as that shit says five stars. Anything, you know? yes. Just give us the five stars, Eddie. Any final words from you? Um, just catch us on socials. Please give us your opinion on if you would come over and play on this side of the world because players like. Messi, Aguero, Suarez. Um, they went to play over there in their prime. Would you come over here to our side of the world and try to make our game better, quote-unquote? And we love you guys. We love doing this. Uh, David, it's always good to chill with you and shoot the shit, you know what I'm saying? So I love you, brother. Hope you get that job. And uh, have a good night. And you have yourself a great night. Great night to everybody out there. Everybody, please stay safe. Follow your local guidelines. uh, And hit us up. Love you too, brother. Love everybody. Love each other. Good night.